Brett McKay here, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Manliness podcast. Well, this week's edition is quite a treat for us. I sat down with actor Nick Offerman, who plays the manliest character on TV right now, Ron Effin Swanson from NBC's Parks and Recreation. During our interview, Nick and I discussed what makes Ron so manly, mustaches, and Nick's true passion in life, woodworking. All right, well, Nick, welcome to the show. We, we really appreciate taking the time to speak to us. Uh, my, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Nick, uh, I know a lot of our readers and listeners are big fans of Parks and Recreation and your character, Ron Swanson, you play on, on the show. For those, but the, for those who haven't seen the show, could you kind of describe Ron Swanson and why Art of Manliness readers would be interested in him? Well, uh, he... Um... Ron Swanson is a uh, is the director of a parks and recreation department in a small midwestern town, and uh, he is an American man who has remained uh, refreshingly unaffected by the information age. <laughs> so he uh, he lives a very simple life uh, without the confusion of choice provided by the internet and social networking and cell phones and all that. He's sort of a throwback to a uh, more of a little house on the prairie character. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, he's got the mustache. He's really into freedom and liberty and self-reliance. And that I think a lot of American men are attracted to. And, And I think a lot of people know men like Ron Swanson that's what I've encountered when I've talked to people. They go, I know a guy like that. It's like my grandpa or like my uncle who lives out in Montana. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's something that, um, I think Ron's ideals are something that uh, most suburban or urbanite people in this country can only dream of um, because we are sort of necessarily required by our businesses to take part in all of these modern uh, technologies that Ron eschews. Yeah, so I mean, do you think that's why there's the uh, the appeal for him? Because I mean, since the show started uh, a few years ago, um, the show has developed a really great following. Um, but Ron Swanson has kind of become this almost cult hero. I mean, there's Tumblr blogs dedicated to casts that look like Ron Swanson. I know I've seen like these magnificent oil paintings of of the character Ron Swanson. I mean, do you think that, that that's the appeal? Like people wish they can get back to that? I think so. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard for me to say being, um, being behind the clown makeup myself. Yeah. Uh, exactly what it is. But uh, if I had to guess, it would be, it would be that, that, um, that Ron sort of represents, um, what we all idealize as a simpler time when, um, I mean, I myself uh, don't do Facebook or Twitter. I never have, and uh, it's it's all I can do just to keep up with my email inbox. <laughs> and it drives me crazy that we're now that the part of me that wishes I could be more like Ron is, is the part that has to answer eighty emails a day. I was talking to my wife about it, uh, saying. What in the day of the telephone answering machine? What would you think if you came home every day and you had eighty messages <laughs> you had to listen to and attend to? 
and it's it's something that um, that I feel enslaved by, or or certainly caged by um, my obligation to the information age. And so I, I long for the freedom of of Ron Swanson. Yeah, can shrug and say I I care nothing for any messages on my computer. So you know, Ron is known for his kind of iconic mustache. Is that something you keep when you're not shooting, or is that just for just for the show? I, uh, throughout my career, I have had every possible iteration of facial hair and head hair. Um, I've done uh, a Mr. T, a full-on Mr. T, as well as an albino Mr. T. I love everything from shaved head to long hair. I love everything from huge full beard to, you know, mutton chops to, uh, to clean shaven. And so over the years, I have sported the mustache for different roles. It is especially effective, of course, for cop or sheriff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, for years I would be told by casting directors, uh, when, you, when you arrive at your sheriff years, you're going you're gonna to do very well. Mustache. <laughs> And so, um, so it was sort of one of the tools in my arsenal, one of, one of the weapons I had at my disposal. And when uh, Mike Chur and I began talking about Ron, that was kind of the first, really the first decision we made was, well, look, this guy has a ridiculous uh, kick-ass beefy mustache. That's awesome. And what does your wife think of the mustache? Is she a fan or is she like, yeah? Fortunately, she's a big fan of my weirdness, uh, my whisker weirdness. Yeah. She not only is a big fan of the mustache, but uh, no matter what strange thing I do to my head, she usually comes down in favor of it. Well, very good. You're, you're a lucky man, because I know a lot of guys uh, wish they could grow a mustache, but usually their wife, uh, sa- wife says no. Um, but Ron Swan's going to be like, I don't care what, what my wife says. Exactly. I mean, I think it's. I think it's a shame. Uh, I know. I know a lot of people in that predicament, and I say to both of them, I think it's a shame that you're so closed-minded. Uh, whatever it is, you you know, you're locked into whether it's your image of of yourself or your husband, or if, if it's some sort of hygienic. You know, sometimes women are like, no, that's gross. I don't want a bunch of crumbs or I, I don't know what yeah but I uh, you know I, I tell people it's uh it's a really eye-opening uh, experience at least try it my dad had to grow a full beard and he was crazy about it I think I like it so how similar is Ron Swanson to you because I've heard Jerry O'Hare who played or not Jerry O'Hare Jim O'Hare right who plays yeah. Jerry on the show um He's quoted as saying is that you are as manly or manlier as Ron Swanson. And it sounds like you kind of have a very similar, your approach to technology is kind of Ron Swanson-esque. Is there any other things you've infused into Ron Swanson that comes from your just personality and character? Well, first of all, um, I should say that uh, Jim O'Hare was speaking erroneously. and He may may have been (laughs) trying to avoid the glaring fact that he is very similar to Jerry Gergich. Um, roundly detested uh, around the set of our show. 
show <laughs> and is could not be more of an Eeyore <laughs> in our group. Uh, regarding his comments um, about me, I, you know, I, uh, it's, it's funny to me, uh, it's funny to me and I think kind of sad that manliness has become sort of this niche, uh, this, this niche conversation, mm -hmm. uh, much like, um, you know, gourmet burgers or, uh, or custom made selvage denim jeans, um, it, you know, it, it sort of speaks to me about how soft our society has gotten that someone would want to interview me about how manly <laughs> and I think I think it's because I grew up like the, the men I grew up amongst I'm I'm the sissy in my family you know I'm I'm the artist um, my dad and my uncles and my grandfathers are farmers and firemen and, and these guys these guys could crash their tractor into into a canyon and pull up their pickup truck and rebuild the tractor into a combine and then drive it into a field and harvest enough grain to feed a small city and then drink a case of beer. <laughs> you know, I mean, these guys are, are like superheroes of manliness compared to me. Um, but I, I just happened to have ventured into the big city, you know, into a field that's made up mostly of, of sort of simpering uh, <laughs> Shakespeare uh, acolytes. Yeah. Among which I count myself. I mean, I um, I enjoy putting on a pair of tights as much as you know, <laughs> and, and the cod piece, right? That's right. Yeah, thanks of course. We're going to take a quick break for your word from our sponsors. And now back to the show. But there is, I think, one of the things that I, I, I learned watching the show, there was an episode where Ron built the canoe just like mm -hmm. the night before. I think he gave it a gift gift to, uh, um, to somebody. But you're, you're actually a woodworker. I mean, that's what you, you, that's one of your, I guess, a hobby, or it's almost like a, I think, a second career for you. Is that right? It is, yeah. I, um, I mean, it, I uh, actually am on the cover of the current Fine Woodworking magazine. Oh, very cool. On the stands right now, which is one of the, probably one of the proudest achievements I'll ever uh, come up with. I dreamed I would, uh, I would arrive there. Uh, th that episode you're referring to was actually shot in my shop, and those were my canoes that I had built. There were two of my canoes in that episode. Um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, again, I, I grew up using tools. I, I framed houses one summer. Um, I, I spent a lot of my career building scenery as a supplement to my acting income. And so, you know, it's not something, uh, it's not something I, I, I also spent a couple summers blacktopping uh, roads and driveways wow. and parking lots. Those, which are, you know, in hindsight, those are all things you might consider manly. But I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, uh, I wasn't setting out to uh, lay the groundwork for Ron Swanson, sure. or or to try and become a guy who could grow a good mustache. Yeah, you're just trying to pay the bills. Knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, 
my my woodworking uh, is sort of it sort of speaks to this conversation in that when I got to Los Angeles and I saw you know uh, the um, your your average actor is often a very sad personality because they're so narcissistic mm-hmm. and and the business is so uh, brutal and and uh, you know the the actor has so little power over uh, over their career path um, that, that it's just incredibly uh, emasculating and I, I got to Los Angeles and I saw all the folks around me suffering suffering terrible neurotic lives where every day was you know filled with the ennui of what will become of me what, what am I thinking should I move back to Kansas City and you know take that accounting position at my uncle's firm and um, and so when I, when I sort of saw that I my reaction was uh, to make sure that I kept building things out of wood uh, while I was auditioning and trying to get acting work so that I could simply hold my head up uh, around my family when I went home for Christmas. Yes, I mean, I guess it's kind of, it's kind of a therapeutic thing for you then, in a lot of cases. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and is there a, you know, if you go, there's a website you have um, where you have it for your, 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 your shop, um, and you have just these really fantastic pieces, very beautiful um, is there a particular kind of project you like to work on? I mean, is there a piece you like to make all the time for for people? Um, I, I mean, I've made a lot of uh, dining tables that are just one slab of a, of a tree in the style of a guy named George Nakashima. Um, but, I, uh, no, I, I, you know, I really just love making things out of wood. I mean, I, I, I've made two canoes. Um, I'll probably make a couple ocean kayaks. Wow. I have uh, some ukuleles coming up, uh, which I'm making in preparation to then try some acoustic guitars. Um, and I think, I, I don't think I'll ever become, you know, a canoe shop or a, mm-hmm. a guitar shop. I think I, I think I like making a couple versions of something until I'm like, okay, that, that is a kick-ass table. That is a, <laughs> awesome cabin that is a canoe that I can keep for the rest of my life and, and, and then I sort of keep then I look for what's next I, I uh, like keeping it fresh I have a couple helpers at my shop and they are the same way but they also uh, they kind of head up the, the operation where if somebody wants us to reproduce a table or something they, they jump in and get their hands dirty so, so the, your your shop is a commercial shop. It's not just something in your 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 house. It's like an actual working shop. It is, yeah. And we we actually coincidentally just yesterday we put up um, we finally got my website re-upped after a few years of dormancy. So it's now there's now some little items you can get on the website because um, we were getting a lot of fan traffic, and so you know you just there's still not there's a t-shirt and a cap. You know, because a lot of a lot of fans were coming and saying, "Hey, I live in Ohio. Is there anything I can buy from this shop that's not a five hundred dollar footstool?" <laughs> <laughs> and 
and so we we got a lot of that kind of traffic. So we um, we put a few things up. That, you know. Yeah. So what's the address for your webpage for your shop so people can go check it out? Oh, it's uh, AuthermanWoodshop.com. All right. And I'll uh, I'll make sure to put that in a link in the the post so people can check that out. Um, one of one of the things you know, woodworking seems like a really involved trade. Um, so, I mean, how do you balance that with your acting career? I mean, is it like you only can like, do you, do you keep doing it year round or are there, you know, seasons where you're, you're just acting and then you're doing, then your other times you're doing just woodworking? Well, it used to be, you know, I used, I used to get less acting work, so I spent a lot more time, uh, woodworking. And the last few years, uh, my, my shop time has been cut into considerably by parks and recreation. Um, but even so, uh, acting is not the most grueling schedule uh, on the planet. Even when we're going full speed uh, on the show, I'll have a week off every month or two. And, you know, I get days off when I'm, when I'm not in the story that they're shooting that day. Yeah. So I still get into the shop. Um, with some frequency, uh, and you know, I, I I definitely am doing less work now, but I, I'm looking forward to to continuing to work with my hands uh, during my downtime. Definitely. So, Nick, last question. I know a lot of guys like have like the like woodworking is like their fantasy hobby. It's like, oh, I wish I had a wood shop in my garage and I would build. A table out of a slab of wood um but i think a lot of guys don't take it on because they just seem kind of intimidated by it do you have any suggestions for those guys who want to get started but don't know how yeah i mean the, i i was lucky enough to have a really firm foundation in, in uh, just tool skills when i when i began what i would call fine woodworking um I had several years of, of being a professional scenery and prop builder under my belt. Um, but, but regardless, in general, uh, I think the best advice I could give anybody is to start subscribing to Fine Woodworking Magazine. Mm-hmm. That's what I did when I, when I got hooked on actual like Fine Woodworking. I, that magazine was just my grad school and my PhD program really incredible and I'm, I'm and I'm not affiliated with it I mean I, I just had an article published in it uh, but I, I'm simply a huge disciple of the magazine and um, the, the thing you'll discover is there's stuff in there for, for woodworkers on every level and there's all kinds of different things you can try and tackle that don't take up as much room or or don't take as much of an, an initial outlay financially. You know, you can you can get a little small lathe and turn like anything from pens to lamps to candlesticks to you know, bowls. There are certain things that take up less space if you find something you can specialize in. Um, but you know, uh, it's, it's it's like anything uh, anything that requires a little bit of gumption you just have to get off your ass and, and try <laughs> yeah yeah that's the most important thing i mean i i still make mistakes all the time and i, I love i read a quote that uh 
that uh, fine woodworking um, masters, they say, you know, the greater your mastery celebrated, it just means that you're that much better at covering up your mistakes. <laughs> and it's really true. Like, uh, I read an article on fine woodworking many years ago, and the article was how to cover up your dovetails that you screwed up. And I said, oh, you can screw them up and <laughs> cover them up? Well, then I, you know, I, I was completely scared to try dovetails. But once I read that article, I was like, oh, well, now I have permission because I can mess it up. And, and, I, and I, I made a really beautiful shaker blanket chest with a ton of dovetails in it. And, you know, I probably messed up 5% of them and no one will ever know. Well, very cool. So just get out there and try it then. Yeah, get off your ass. I mean, yeah. that's the, you know, that's, I think, I think that's what, that's what this side of people who uh, admire Ron Swanson, I think that's what they're craving to hear, is get off your ass, go get it, put down the, you know, the video game controller and go look at a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Get a shovel and dig a hole. You'll be amazed at the power you can wield. Well, there, there those are some, those are some wise words and wise advice from, from you and from, from the life of Ron Swanson. Well, Nick, I know you're busy. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. Good luck with everything, and uh, I'll see you around campus. Our guest today was actor Nick Offerman. Nick plays Ron Swanson on NBC's Parks and Recreation, and you can catch Parks and Rec Thursday nights on NBC. And to find out more about Nick's woodworking, you can check out his website at OffermanWoodshop.com. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. For more manly tips and advice, make sure to check out the Art of Manliness website at ArtofManliness.com. And until next time, stay manly.